and a very exciting and different episode of the podcast this month as we move away from our traditional banking and ERP verticals and concentrate on customer communication management within the property sector. Now, we're going to really focus on how we concentrate on the need of communication being delivered to end users in the way that they need it. Yes, this will touch on document management as well, but really we're looking at that, that key need for the end client. So with that in mind, I'm delighted to welcome Darmish Mystery to the podcast, who's a veteran of financial services and a whole host of different digital projects within that area. And now you've bridged the gap across into the property market and taken those skills you've learnt and applying them there. So welcome to the podcast, Darmish. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's a real pleasure to be here. And um, you know me, I love to talk about technology. So um, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Maybe you could give a little bit of background to your industry so far. Yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure. So um, look, I've done 30 years in technology. I'm in kind of like no man's land, right? You know, I'm not a a hardcore techie, but I'm not a hardcore banker. I've kind of been the bridge between the two sure. for the last 30 years. And, and it's allowed me to do some really interesting projects like I was involved in some of the very first internet banking solutions in the UK. I was involved in the very first mobile banking uh, solution in the UK. We did a demo to the British government on online voting, right? Um, so I've been involved in, in a lot of very interesting projects, but Mainly my career, I've been fortunate to, you know, um, to work in the banking side of things, and that's been very exciting. Brilliant, good. And now that you're in the property industry, you know, it, it's not always the quickest to adopt new technology, the, the property area, which is probably a nod back to the, the legality required within transactions. But you're trying to bring something a little bit different and, and influence that with the work that you're doing at Ask Homey. So maybe you could give us an overview of what Ask Homey does. Sure, yeah. Uh, let, me, let me just step back a, a second, though, right? We talk about industries being slow uh, to innovate because we, we do this all the time in banking, especially I've done it in my blogs, yeah. right? But, but actually what we should realize, and this is something that I learned you know, 20 years ago, is that when we first launched the, the internet banks, it was the banks that were first. Yes. There were no pure plays, no startups. It was the banks that were first with internet banking. And, you know, it's taken them 20 years for more than half their customer base to be using internet banking on a regular basis. Now, you know, they're probably close to 70, 80% of their customers sure. using mobile and internet banking. Yeah. But, you know, my key point is it took the customer 20 years to kind of want the technology and need the technology. So sometimes when we think an industry is behind, it's not always the case. Yeah. And a lot of that will be down to the trust in the end person. Uh, trust but not necessarily of the organization, right? Yeah, it's okay. trusting the technology, yeah. right? It's like, I'm, I'm used to, you know, uh, we did a project uh, for Halifax Building Society and over a million of their customers were getting like 0.01% of interest on their savings, right? And, but they wouldn't give up their passbook. So Halifax was saying, look, you're literally at 0% interest on your savings you know, if you go to a uh, uh, an account that doesn't have a passport that has a plastic card, you'll get at least one and a half percent, right? But they wouldn't shift because they were so used to their books. And you know, Halifax wanted to get rid of the the printers for the books, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's interesting that, that 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 you know, typically what happens is that innovation is much faster than actually customer adoption, and our expectations of adoptions are well ahead 
of you know the reality in the end. I think we've talked about this before in the pod, but a really interesting thing I saw during COVID was introducing my parents to being able to bank a cheque without taking the check physically to the bricks and mortar bank, yeah. you know, re- really fascinating. So, so that experience that you've got, you're now putting into the property uh, market. D- tell us a little bit more about what Ask Homey does within that. Yeah, industry. sure. So um, let me, so Ask Homey really is a, uh, it's aimed at homeowners or, or renters. And essentially it's there to save them time and money in managing their home. Yeah. Right. And let, let me let me turn this round a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, where do you um, keep your gas and electric bills? Um, we still receive those through the post. Right. So, and then you get them in the post, and then do you throw them away? Uh, we keep them for a year in a folder. In a folder. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> so, what about your insurance policy? Um, that's via email, and I keep that within um, a file explorer folder on a laptop. Okay, so you get this document on email, and then you save it down to a file on your laptop. Yeah, you're going to embarrass me here, right? (laughs) And I guess, you know, you're probably using online banking for for your internet banking. Yes, yeah. Right, so so you're using emails, you've got paper documents, um, you've got a portal for your banking. What about, like, uh, the number for your favorite plumber or electrician? That would be on my phone. So, okay, so now you've got some details on your phone. Um, and then what happens if you're away on business and there's a plumbing emergency? Yeah, good question. Uh, there'd be some panicking phone calls, I would have thought to me, asking for the number. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and what happens if you didn't have your laptop and you had to, you know, something had gone wrong with the house and you need to make a claim? Yeah, uh, I don't know. You wouldn't know the policy number, would you? I wouldn't, no. Right, no, so no. so this is the problem is that, you know, you're you're not unique, by the way. This no. is the, the, the reason why Ask Homey exists is because everyone has this problem that property information lives everywhere. It lives in our heads, on our laptops, in the cloud, in somebody's portal, you know, in the email, et cetera, et cetera, right? So um, we're trying to help people centralize it into one place. But if we just did that, you know, that would just be helping people to be more organized. Uh, And really what we're doing is not just storing digital documents, but we're turning those documents into insights and into valuable interactions. Okay. Right. So, for example, if you've got a if you've uploaded your insurance policy, there's an expiry date there or end of end of policy date there. Right. We'll give you a reminder the month before your policy expires. So that you know you can be ready in getting new quotes. Yeah. Or if you've um, uploaded the manual for a new TV that you bought, mm. and you haven't attached a copy of the receipt, we'll send you a notification to say, "Oh, by the way, um, if anything goes wrong, if the TV gets stolen, right, you won't be able to make an insurance claim without proof of purchase. Yeah. Yeah. You should attach it." So it's that that we're trying to do is to, is to take the data that people already have but make it useful to them, yeah. right? We had that recently with an oven, by the way. End of right. warranty, yeah, yeah. And didn't have the proof of purchase. Very frustrating. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, what we do is extremely clever in that, you know, not only... So our goal on this was really, can we make it easier and better for you to have the information in Ask Homey than any other mechanism? Yeah. Because, you know, I guess, you know... Most people think the quickest thing is just to ask somebody, yeah. right? Yes. So if it was your wife, she'd say, oh, right, this has gone wrong. What can I do about it? 
Um, now, typically, we might reach for the, uh, for the manual or try and find it online, etc. In Ask Homer, you just type in a search like you would Google. You don't have to find the document. It, find, it goes through all of your documents. You will not only find the matches, but when you click on the matches, it'll take you to the exact page mm. you know, that okay. has the match. So if that you, intelligent search. Exactly. It's intelligent. And you know, that works with pictures as well. Yeah. So you know, we, can, we can take a picture of a kitchen and say, right, okay, you have these things in your kitchen, but you haven't uploaded the manuals or the receipts for them. What I find interesting about this is the the digital development, and this is similar to banking and e-commerce, another industry where we operate quite a lot, is that it's the end user demanding these developments. It's the end user who's saying, we want to consume the data uh, whilst on the move or from any device that we want. So they're driving the the technological development within it. Would you agree with that? Is it those end users who are coming to the industry saying, we need this? Yeah, I mean... Yes, they are, but let me just caveat that. Okay. When, when, you know, originally ice used to be shipped, you know, along, you know, by the sea and dragged over and then they cut it up and a big factory would buy it and they would freeze some food. Sure. And then somebody invented refrigeration for factories and then somebody else invented the fridge for the home, right? But what didn't happen was a homeowner is thinking, oh, I really wish I had a small unit that made some ice for me at home, right? They had a need. Mm. That need was identified by the innovator. Yes. Right? And it was fulfilled. And people said, yeah, of course. You know, do I want cold stuff at home? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, people aren't asking for Ask Homey. They haven't been saying, you know, is there a better... You haven't found anything yourself, right? So, so you're doing it the best way you think is possible. There's an acceptance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, so, so it will take a bit of time because some people jump on and go, great, I love to be organized. This is where I'm going to put everything. It's easy to do, right? And then the next, as those people kind of um, see the benefits, they start to tell other people. And it's the classic, you know, um, inside the tornado curve uh, adoption of, you know, uh, technology, which is you get the innovators, they spread the word, um, but, you know, those innovators are taking the risk with the new technology sure. because they want to be ahead of the curve, sure. right? Then you get the, the, the next set of people that kind of like, oh, we wanted to do this, but we weren't sure it was safe to do it. Yeah, but now that these guys are doing, they're raving about it. Now it's okay to jump on. Then you get the early majority. And then at, at the very end, you get the naysayers. It's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then they adopt it because everyone else is doing it. Right? Well, if you were looking at choosing an estate agent to help sell your property, would you be looking for the choice and making that decision based upon the type of service that they're going to give you? you know, and that's where it becomes a competitive advantage. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is... So, um, especially on the transaction side of things, we've seen um, estate agents, you know, um, benefiting from some digitization. They have more frequency than the builders, right? Sure, yeah, so, sure, yeah. so they've got a bunch of, you know, sellers and a bunch of buyers. They've got to match them, you know, and, and they, they're getting regular transactions. So they do need the technology right now or, you know, years ago, right? Um, but even there, we haven't rested in our laurels because like about 15 years ago, we try to digitize property data. The, the slowest thing at the moment is the transaction, Yeah. right? It can take anywhere between 90 and 100 days for a property transaction to complete, right? And that's because of a variety of things, right? 
but inherently the pay the process is full of multiple parties yeah. you know you've got buyer and seller conveyances for both sides or solicitors for both sides a lender for the buyer you've got a surveyor etc and all of these people have to share and interact with, with data mm. and they're all doing independently mm. so typically you know buyers being id'd three four times yeah right yeah. once by the bank by the solicitor by the estate agent when you make an offer yeah um, and the communication is via so many different methods. Yeah, you know, and that's the frustration. Bit of email here, and, the, and nobody trusts each other's information. Yeah, okay. So, so they go and research that information for themselves. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and like I said, ID is a classic example of you know data that isn't being shared in yes. effect, right? Um, but the stuff that we're working on now with Ask Homey um, and the government, um, a, a body called the Home Buying Selling Group is looking to solve that problem, yeah. right? So 15 years ago, the government tried to introduce this thing called the HIPS, yes. Home Information Packs, yeah. Yeah. which was essentially the documents in paper format, but being produced by the seller so that you know a buyer didn't have to do the searches, you know, get property information you know, uh, only after the offer. They could see it before the offer, right? And the problem with this was it was still paper, right? And, some digitization, sometimes it turned up as a PDF, but then it was still being emailed, etc. right? Sure, yeah. Um, move forward, you know, 15 years, now we've got the internet. Now we can exchange information much more easily, not necessarily with, uh, but not necessarily as kind of digital documents in an email, but actually as data. And, and the big thing about data is that, A, you know, it's auditable. I can see who sent what, Yes. right? And there's an audit trail. Be that a machine can understand it, right? So let's say a loan application comes into a lender and it's for a million pounds. Automatically, I know that it needs to go to not an automated decisioning, it needs to go to an underwriter, whatever, right? Um, so now I can, I can have some automation to make this easier, right? And also, you know, things like well, getting a search, et cetera. Some of these things that can be done online. Yeah. So requests for data like land registry, title deeds, et cetera, all can be done online now, right? So it's no longer a case of instructor, solicitor, and then he asks a junior to go and you know, contact a load of third parties. A machine can operate that stuff, right? So now we're really capitalizing on efficiencies in the way that what was a document has been turned into data, yeah. is now using internet technology to remove the friction, right, between these parties, yeah. right? It does require more though, right? Because, you know, how do I know? Let, let's say, you know, we all share the information. It's this address, it's got a garden near the river. It's more than 100 meters away, this river. But that's, who, 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 who actually defined that? That it was 100 meters away, yes, right? Sure. That fact. Yeah. Who said it? Yeah. How do we know? Yeah. So you need to have some provenance. Yes. Right. And so the work that's being done in the Home Bike Selling Group covers these kind of aspects that says not only can we source digital information, we can give the provenance of that data. Where did it come from and who supplied it? Yeah. Right. And that's absolutely key because if you're going to share information, you have to be able to trust it. 
you can trust it if you understand its provenance. Yeah, completely. So, I mean, in that we were talking about the the drivers behind this and then the efficiency that it brings. But I think you raise a really important part there about that trust, the provenance, and that also touches on the compliance side, which is obviously prevalent in, in just about all industries, but really so in both banking and the property side, where especially the way that things work now, surely it's much safer if we do send push notifications to try and welcome somebody back into a secure store to go and see the updates on their documents or their transaction, rather than that old-fashioned way of postal or, or emailing that information out. So with the compliance aspect, I presume you see that quite often within the property market as well. Yes, I mean, look, I mean, you know, a large portion of this is handled by solicitors, right? So um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of rules and regulations that yes. they will conform to. But um, yes, I mean, you know, the key thing to remember though is that we're talking about property. There's a lot more compliance rules and regulations about personal data yeah. than there is about property because a lot of property information is freely accessible. I can pay to get, you know, I can freely download somebody's energy performance certificate. Yes. Right? I can freely find, you know, the previous sold prices of a house. I can even probably find older pictures off the internet, etc. So yeah. there's so much information that's actually freely available on the internet, right? What matters is the material information that's being provided to a buyer because that's when he's making a buying decision. So if that information is incorrect, he's made an offer and a purchase based on incorrect information. Now somebody's potentially liable yeah. because he's been missold in effect, right? Um, and that's why the provenance of this information absolutely matters. You know, was it, you know, Darmish Mystery that said that this was an energy rated A? Yeah. Or did it come from the EPC? Yes. Because if it came from the EPC, I'll trust it. Yeah. If it came from Darmish Mystery, well, he's a nice guy, but I don't know whether he, he actually knows for sure or not or whether he guessed. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah, and especially if they've got skin in the game, you know, that will lose exactly. their, their point. It's fascinating, isn't it, what we can achieve. And, and, and with true customer communication management, you know, we can do a lot more as well. It's not just a one-way uh, dialogue, is it? So what do you see coming up in maybe the next 18 months? What do you see as the next development within the area that you're now working? Well, I, I have to say the future is here now. Yeah. <laughs> because um, um, as you know, uh, but maybe not your listeners, um, one of the things I uh, kind of pioneered e even before a Terminos, but um, I brought it as a product in Terminos, was this idea of the single brain. Yeah. Right, which is, yeah. you know, if you think about an organization, a customer might be able to email you. They probably reach out to you on, on, you know, Twitter or one of the social channels. They could call you. They could write to you. But they can communicate to you in many different ways. Yeah. Right. And what we're used to is if they write to you, you write to them back. Right. Or if they call you, then you answer the phone. Right. But we tend to this like... Um, uh, communication where you know they come in one way you respond the same way right but actually what customers want is they want to come in at their point of convenience right so I might want to send you an email but if it's important enough I expect you to re pick up the you know as soon as you read the email pick up the phone to me yeah right so you know this bi-directional communication um, should happen in a multi-channel way not you know within the silos of the each you know of these things because once you do that, you know, you have the notion of a single brain, this thing that knows about all communications of the customer, right? 
Because as we've seen in banking, you know, somebody calls, that's in the call center system. Yeah. Somebody writes, that's in the document management system. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody walks in, well, that's in the brain of the person that was at the desk, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but no one person knows about, you know, all of those interactions. Uh, with the idea of a single brain where you can centralize all the interactions, you now have got this, per, this thing, you know, um, a technology that essentially, you know, is like your news agent, you know, your, the guy that knows what you're going to come in for in the morning, whether it's your favorite brand of cigarettes, a newspaper or, or a bar of chocolate, right? But he knows you because of your daily interactions. But, you know, when we transfer that to the digital world, we have to do it in a multi-channel way. Right. The other thing that's important is goes back to, you know, the Ask Homey scenario, which is, you know, it's not just the customer pushing the communication to you that you respond. It should be a bi-directional thing. Yeah. The customer's given me this information. It's pertinent now to tell them this. It's pertinent now that I reach out because of this. Right. And it might be just because, you know, uh, you were waiting on a search to come back and it didn't take the two weeks that you thought two weeks are up. You should just tell them it's taking a little bit longer than you thought, yeah. right? It could be for any other reason, right? Um, but because that work, that workflow isn't actually that complex, really. It's just all the different touch points that you have to... And that's the problem. Yeah. It, there, there are many different touch points. And in today's world, we can do them through many different channels. Yeah. And that's why the idea of a single brain absolutely is key something that handles all interactions an event occurs we understand the event we decide the response and we decide which channel it should go out at yeah brilliant and also bi-directional communication is a new term for me i'm going to try and use that a little bit more um well it's been fascinating learning about a different industry on this episode of the podcast and as ever it's always a pleasure to talk to you so darmish thank you for joining us today thank you Thank you for listening to Beyond the Document, the podcast from Formpipe. And thank you again to Dharmesh Mystery for joining us today. If you want to learn more about what Dharmesh and his colleagues do, then visit AskHomey. That's askhomey.com. And if you want to find out more about Formpipe, then follow us on LinkedIn just by searching for Formpipe. I've been Ben Saxton. This is Beyond the Document. <laughs>